Good morning. I just want to uh, share, it just came to me as they bring it in the presence of the Lord. That's beautiful. Um, remember when Dr. Kluzzi was here uh, two weeks ago, and he, he talked about a mantle being different than prophets. He said that there were 50 prophets, and then there was Elisha. And, and I'm saying this about the words that prophets speak sometimes, because people get hurt because they hear things and they, and they, sometimes we take that word and we take it home and we turn it into what we want. If God says, uh, for example, I'm restoring you, that doesn't mean he's healing you. Restore can mean he's taking you to heaven. But out of fear and in different reasons, sometimes we... We just, oh, they're healed. We, we take that for what we want and try to control God instead of going home and saying, God, you said you're going to restore. And I can just use my own mother. God, uh, what are you going to do with her? And sometimes we don't want to know that because it might not be what we want to hear. But we can't get mad at the prophets. Uh, and, and the difference is Elisha comes with an instruction. Remember the prophet said there's prophets and then there's a mantle. The mantle comes to give you an instruction. Like he told Sister Karen, he said, you got to wrestle. You're like Jacob. You got to pray. So she can't ignore that instruction and think that God's going to give her her prophecy. And I'm just teaching this so we can get our prayers answered because so we can quit being frustrated and thinking that That prophet said this, and that prophet said that, and this prophet, and let's write down to the very second of what they said. Why don't we get in the presence of God and quit dissecting the prophets and get in the presence of God ourselves and say, what did he mean, God? What did he mean when he said this man was different from the other mantles of the prophets because it's a mantle of instruction. And I took that word and I went home. What does that mean? Oh, Elisha. If he wanted Elijah's anointing, he had to pick up the mantle. They, they went together the first time. Well, he had to pick it up and cross back over by himself. He didn't just stand there and that all happened for him. He had an instruction. Somebody say, Prophecies come with instructions when it's a mantle on a man or a woman of God. Sometimes, you know, people will prophesy. I'm not, I'm not going to get in that. But in this ministry, under this mantle, there's usually an instruction with your prophecy. And if we'll obey that, we will prosper. Hallelujah. We give God praise for it and we thank you for it today. And I just want to set you free so you don't be mad and angry and upset because Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that's the scripture that came to me when somebody got a word of restore. So I went and read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. But what's after that? He leads me in the path of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. See, we just want the good part. We have to have the whole counsel. Amen. So let's encourage everybody. When someone speaks into your life, 
Yes, take Daniel. Yes, believe the prophets. But God, what? What? What's my part in this? What should I do? Hold that word before your face every day. Thank you. And not say how it's going to happen, but just hold that word and let it happen the way you want it to happen. Amen. Amen. Yeah. God bless you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. That was awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Done it myself in my own life. You know, but anyway, awesome. I know that I know that I know that I know that Pastor Angie Hogan hears the voice of God when she brings somebody into this ministry to to whatever. No doubt. No doubt, no doubt. And I also know that if something is said to me, over me, it is my responsibility to take it to God. Okay, God. Now, this is what, what, what they said. What? 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 Oh, yeah, okay, always got to do something, don't it, God? Always got to do something. But that is the way it is. Okay. And we've got to get out of this mind. This mind causes more trouble than, I mean, they talk about the tongue. It's a tie. (laughs) Because his tongue speaks what's on his mind. (laughs) Anyway, I think um, Minister Pastor Cindy's got something you want to share with us. Just, I, I got a revelation I just wanted to share. I honor my pastor, the woman of the vision in the house tonight, today. Amen. I thank God for a woman after God's own heart who hears the Lord and leads this army. Amen. I love you, pastor. I was in prayer. We were in prayer the other day, and the spirit, it's just the vision. The vision is alive. And I heard that in the spirit. This is alive. What you are a part of and connected to is a living organism. Jesus Christ himself said, the words that I speak to you, ooh, they're spirit and they are life. And when that spirit, see, this vision is a spirit. And when you get that, when you are quickened by that spirit and you open your mouth and you begin to speak, that seed goes into whoever you are speaking to boom and something begins to take place and lives are being changed because of this vision and because of the women and the men we can't leave them out that are catching this vision and beginning to speak thus saith the Lord this thing is bigger then we can even imagine what the Lord has in store. I saw Pastor Casey. I saw him in the spirit when we were praying. I don't know. They all run together. But I saw like a, a tornado. Do you know what I'm talking about? A tornado. When it gets to rolling and doing this number here, it'll start sucking stuff up into the center of that thing. And I said, my God, today... I took that and I took it to Hamburg and I said, God, the same spirit that's on Pastor Casey, that's in this ministry, it's right here in Hamburg. Now begin to draw them. Begin to suck them up in here, God. Do you know we had, we had new people and the, and the evangelist's sister was in the house because of the vision that God is releasing 
in this area. And I'm excited about that. It has changed my life, Pastor. And it is changing lives today. Amen. So grab a hosh. It's a living organism. It's alive. And it's big. And when it's a spirit. And you catch it. Not here. No, it never touches here. One day this will catch up with all this. But you catch it here. And you open your mouth. And it begins to flow. And I mean it will... I'm just saying, I'm seeing with my natural eye what I am telling, what I'm talking about. I'm talking, I'm telling you, people that have not been in this ministry 17 years are standing up, speaking and declaring the vision because it's a spirit and because it is trans, uh, what's the word? It's transferred. By the laying on of hands and the impartations of the men and women of God when they stand in this pulpit and you are open. Amen. Hey, Shakoterebosete, Mandeleboso Koriamaha. And all it takes is to be open. Come on, do this right here. Open. That's all it takes is to be open. And say, here am I, Lord. Pastor, thank you again. I can't thank you enough. Because I know my life has changed. And you know what? It's taken me 18 years. But it's not going to take you that long. You do hear what I'm saying to you? Because somebody had to pioneer. Somebody had to make the way. But because the way is made. You can. All it takes is one little step of faith. Shaka Baba Setele Maka. Amen. She said to me on the phone, the zeal of the house has eaten me up. God, preach. Wait, wait. Can she preach a little more, Miss Darla? We got time. We got time to hear both ladies of God. Yes, because I shared with the I shared with Pastor that the Lord when I saw that spirit on Pastor Casey. See, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. It's the vision. This is not man's vision. This is God's vision. And when you get that revelation, you can run. And see, the word says that people perish for lack of vision. There's no lack of vision in this area. All you have to do is get a hold to it. But in John 2, Jesus came forth and he, the, he, he, was, uh, he saw that the, there were cha- money changers in the house. And he took a cord and he folded it up and he, he run them out. And the disciples remembered something that he said, Oh, I remember that it's written the zeal. The zeal of the house has eaten me up. This vision, this vision has filled me and eaten me up. It's, I'm telling you, I told pastor, we don't have to worry about this thing because it's in us and what's in us is going to come out. But the only thing you have to do is get in it, grab a hold to it. 
and begin to declare it in your own life and over your own ministry and your own life, family and your own children. Amen? Because we know around here nothing's automatic. Just like they're praying when the man or woman of God speaks something, usually they're confirming something that the Lord God has already given to you. And if not, that's you say, yes, God, what do I do? What's my instructions? In here in prayer, prayer, prayer right here, the Lord said, the reason for intimacy is instruction. I don't know, but I believe that there's no miracles without instruction. I'm just saying, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there are, but there's most of them are attached to. Listen, Haman had to go dip seven times in the dirty water and he did not want to. Right. Jesus spit in his hands and touched people's eyes with dirt and mixed a clay and put it in their eyes. And he said, go to such and such and wash your eyes. The lepers. Come on, y'all. Hey. The lepers. (laughs) And give thanks. And give thanks. Instruction. Instruction. See, the thing about it is we want it. Some oil. Go here. There's going to be somebody over here that's going to feed you. You see what I'm saying? Hey. Hey. Shandale Bosa. Ain't no devil going to lie to you. No, 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 no. You're connected to something that is so alive. We are connected to something that is alive. It's alive. And it's well. And it's growing. Amen? Amen. Expanding, enlarging. And I, I, I share with Pastor, and I'll share it again. It's as far as she wants to plant and as far as and many as will go. That's how big this thing is. It's big. It's alive. And you are connected to it. So never, ever, ever think that this is a light thing. This is not a light thing. It's a huge living I can't even find the words to say and declare what has happened in in my life because of this vision. And because I never stopped. I never stopped. Had plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities. Devil going to make sure he going to try everything in the world to get you out of this place. Everything. But don't stop and don't move. Stay where God has you. That's instruction. Amen. Come on. The, the, hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. Instruction. Intimacy. Usually, He speaks to us and gives us instructions. Yes. He's good. The zeal of the house may it eat us all up. To the point where all we can do is function and, and talk and walk. If you, are, if you are quickened by the Spirit, then walk in the Spirit. And what that means is if you are alive by the Spirit, then walk in uh, correlation with Him. Walk in harmony with Him. Connect with Him. 
Become conform to him. Um, I have to say that, uh, you know, I've been at home praying for a week, and it's been the longest week, and I said, God, I don't like this. But then Dr. Mills called. He said, you're in the prayer closet. But what I did see is uh, that if we connect to a person instead of the vision, then we will disconnect from me. We'll be looking for something to connect to during this time. Remember Moses went to the mountain and they said, oh, make us a golden calf. We don't know when he's coming back. They were connected to the wrong thing. When we, if we connect to the spirit of the vision, we won't be looking for Moses. We'll be looking for Jesus. And if we have controlling spirits that, oh, because Mama felt it. She, I remember her, you know, pulling away and going to Julie's office. And then those spirits would connect to me. And I didn't know what that was. But we'd be in prayer for two hours and they'd come and draw my life. And she would hear it and feel it. And she'd say, Angie, come in here. What was that? They were feeling her pulling away because she didn't want control to pull the wrong way. And so they were looking for someone else to connect to. That's a wrong spirit. So there should be no disconnection because you're connected to a spirit. And that's how to operate the right way with the overseer, with pastors. And we have plenty of pastors to call, you know, Pastor Cindy, Vanders, Timmy, Pastor Casey. Um, But just be mindful. If you feel something, one time I even mentioned, oh, I think it's about time. God's fixing to raise up Pastor Casey. And someone just stared in my eyes like, do you really mean it? Disconnected. Went over here, connected. That's a wrong. That's control. That's not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so be mindful of that. What am I connecting to? The spirit of the vision. What is the vision? Tell us. The vision is that you get free and you can get somebody else free. Then they are free and they go get somebody free and then they get free. It's a living thing. It's alive. You get free from. It's free from everything that is bondage. Not just sometimes when we when we say we get free, people automatically think saved. You know, no, I'm talking about poverty, sickness, I'm infirmity that will not go away. I'm talking about control. I'm talking about addiction. I'm talking about. All those kinds of, I get free, 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 100%. And 100% of every area of my life, 100% freedom. Thank you, Jesus. See, and that alone is worth giving your life for. To know, listen, a lot of people, can I say this, Pastor? I mean, because this is, Real, it just last night I saw this. A lot of people, and you said it, Pastor, when you said, We have a house full of ministers, we have a house full of preachers, and if we don't send them out, then they're going to explode on the pews. They're just going to, you're either going to just sit there and die, or you're going to backslide. There are churches full. Of people who know that there's more. They know that God is calling on their life. They know. 
But they, nobody has ever told them, no, God's got something for you. For you. You're. And this person stands before me, and all I see, Pastor, is a huge field out in front of her. I did not know what that was. I did not prophesy nothing to her. I said, I see a field before you. And she begins to weep. And she says, the Lord. I said, do you know what that is? And she said, the Lord's been telling me to clean my house. And so then I walked in front of her and I said, what do you mean clean your house? Spiritually, physically. She said, I think both. I said, you know what? Anytime the Lord ever had me to clean my house physically, he was doing a great cleansing on the inside of me. Because things in the natural parallel in the spirit. And then she, she said, yes, I, yes, yes. Nobody's ever spoken to her life and told her that she, yes, this is God for you. And, she, and I said, she said, I know. She said, I teach Sunday school, but I know, I just know, I just know somehow that there's more. I said, honey, there's more. God has something for you. And I will hook my faith up with you and I will pray. But you got to pray and find out what that is. See, the, this vision will set people that are bound to sitting on a pew. It will set them free so that they can see, my God, I can lay hands on the sick. I can raise the dead. It's not all about the one in the pulpit, but it's from the back to the front. Every one of us has a calling. Every one of us has a purpose. And if it's one person that we reach, it's one person set free. Amen. Isn't it good to be a part of God? It's so good to be a part of God, to be a, his bride, his body, ha, his church. You know what, too? I thought, I said, oh, my God, we serve a triune God. He's Father, uh, God, Father, God, Son, God, Holy Spirit. He calls us the church, the body, and the bride. Something to that. Something to that. But to be a part of any of the three, you must be born again. That's the only thing, born again by the Spirit. We are spirit. This is a spirit. Catch a hope to the Spirit and run with it. God has need of you. Amen. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for alive, I am alive, I am alive, thank you for enlivening me, for waking up my soul, waking up my spirit, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, (laughs) thank you, Jesus, for the zeal, for the vision, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, and we take this and we go and we do. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's something to that 18 years. I don't know what, but there's something to it. The woman with the issue of blood, 18 years. I know that I'd been saved and struggling 18 years before I was introduced to freedom, deliverance. 18 years, something to it. Uh, everything in God is significant. And so if I want to know the significance, I go to him and ask you. So anyway. Um, <laughs> right. 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 What I'm saying is I struggled. 
for 18 years. I suffered for 18. And, and it's like Pastor Cindy said, it don't have to be that way. It does not. And, uh, yeah. Um, I've shared this before. One time I was in prayer, you know, for God to do something with my husband. <laughs> God, do something with that man. You got to do something with that man. You got to fix that man, you know. And God spoke to me out of, um, I think it's Second Peter 10, 5 or 5, 10, where it says that um, the God of all grace is going to establish you and settle you and make you what you ought to be after you suffer for a little while. And, and I just, my eyes went on suffer, you know. And I thought, oh, God, this means he ain't going to do nothing with that man for a long time. <laughs> But then as I took that to prayer, and God, what do, you, what do you mean? What are you saying to me? He said, you can suffer as long as you want to suffer. It's all up to me. Every bit of that is up to me. And how fast I want this process to get over with. Amen. Because I'm going through the process. Pastor Eileen said one time, stay in the prayer and you'll go through it with some anesthesia. Get out of it, and you ain't going to have no painkiller, but you still going through it. And so whenever I was like, oh, okay, God, it, that suffer is up to me. Because what I said was, you know, the word says after you suffer for a little while, I'm like, God, your little while and my little while is two different things. But he said, it's up to you how long you want this process to take. And so then it's like, okay, I'm pull up my boots and get with it, you know, and, and let him start cleaning some of those spots and those blemishes and those wrinkles up so that my process don't take so long. Amen. Amen. To add to that, Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I just want to say, um, when I was sitting there, when Pastor Cindy was preaching, that I felt in my spirit... When she said it's a live organism, I felt it breathing. It was breathing, breathing. But I want to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Cindy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking into our lives today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I'm just thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, do any other preachers have anything that, <laughs> like, say, before Miss Darling gets up and <laughs> preaches? Um, you know what else is a living and breathing organism? Fire. 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 On fire. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's what the zeal is. It is the fire. Yes. And I've always said fire was alive. It, it has the characteristics. It breathes, it eats, it grows. And you can kill it. Yes. Right. On all those scriptures. But then we get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And fire. Woo! Yes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And my, <laughs> amen. So we catching, we, we're women of power catching the fire. <laughs> catching the fire, growing and feeding and living the living vision. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is good. It is good. And you're right when you said you got to open your mouth. Got to. Got to. My 18 years of hell is because I I, I have my mouth. I'm like, (laughs) don't be telling me nothing. 18 years of it. So, yeah, I suffered. (laughs) And everybody around me suffered. (laughs) But no more. Because I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. (laughs) Finally, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. And now I'm going to introduce a mighty woman of God to come and speak on authority. In the name of Jesus, Miss Darlene Passy Oak. <laughs> and what just happened was excellent, beautiful, holy. It was ordained for such a time as this. Nobody's here by mistake today. Nobody's here by mistake. You are women of power. You are women of power. There's not a woman in here that's not a woman of power. There's not a woman in here that does not have a gift. There's not a woman in here that needs to be sitting on that gift. You all need to be walking, speaking, breathing fire of the Holy Ghost. Every one of you. When I look at you, it doesn't matter to me if there's three out there, if there's 10,000 out there. Because God has put a woman in front of you that is full of confidence. She, God did that. But God, full of, full of confidence, full of a holiness that only God could bring. Only God. Because I'm telling you, if you could have seen me when I was a little girl do a book report, shaking was not the, shaking. You know, and I went through years of that because I was uh, intimidated by people. I was intimidated by, by man. And God did an awesome thing. And let me tell you, this is a place of freedom. You know that. You know that. There's such a revelation here. There's such a revelation here. You know what? The first time you come, you say, wow, Lord, I don't know about this. You know, I, I don't know. And then you see it and you see it. And you say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for bringing me to this place. Thank you for bringing me to this place. Thank you, Lord. My, my, I want to just be myself today. I just want to be, be, and you know what? You really need a pencil and a paper. And if you didn't bring one, that's okay. You can get it off of your neighbor. But um, you need to let go of your past. That's number one. Let go of your past. It does not matter what you did in your past. Jesus Christ came with his precious blood. You apply that precious blood and you're clean. You're clean. You're made holy before him. You are a holy woman. You're a royal priesthood. Wow, y'all. Wow. If we ever get that, we're royal. We're royal daughters. We are royal daughters. Um, So letting go of your past, that's number one. And you're going to find that 
a story, and I want you to read. I'm not going to go through all that with you because I've got some things to say. And I think there's people in here that need to hear what I've got to say. There's some women in here that need to hear what I've, uh, that I'm going to say today, that the Lord gave me to say. I changed this three times. Changed it three times. It was loyalty, the first, and then we're going to do a little bit of wisdom, and then God said, no, you're going to do this. So this is what I'm going to do. All right, number two, letting go of relationships. When I started thinking about relationships, that's just not uh, like a, a man or your husband, you know, a bad husband or a boyfriend or, or uh, it could be somebody in your life that's bringing you down. It's bringing you down. And it's not that you don't love those people, but you break that tie. You may have a soul tie with that person. You break that tie and go on with the Lord and let the Lord take care of the rest. You don't try to fix it yourself. Do not try. You can't do it. It's impossible. But you know what? God came to do the impossible. So let God do the impossible things. But you break a bad relationship. Break those things. Break them off of you. Get them out of your life. Don't, you know, do what God says. Don't do what man says. You know, some people might think that, uh, that, uh, and I've done it. I've done it. You've done it. Sometimes I've done things just because of man. But I'm just telling you, I'm standing here today under the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm not doing anything but what God tells me to do. I'm not going to say anything but what God tells me to say. And some of it's powerful, so powerful, because this is what I think you see. I think you see a woman that's hair never gets messed up. I do. And that she just uh, always, you know, nothing's out of place. You know what? It has not always been that way. It's been longer than 18 years. It's been longer than 18 years to get here. To get where I am today. And man, I see a bunch of potential out there. Lots of potential out there. You don't have to stay where you were. You don't have to stay where you are. God's the God of now. Don't matter about that past. It matters about right now. What are you going to do now? Letting go of anxieties. You know, what I just spoke to you. Women come in and they've got gifts to speak. They don't speak because they're scared. They're afraid. They won't let it out. But if they would just open their mouth, no telling the souls, the women, not just women, but we're, you know, we're about women today, but the souls that would be set free. It would be many, 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 many. So set free. Women set free. Gosh, when you get free, you know what? I've been thinking about doing it, Pastor. Running. Sometimes I just say, oh, Lord, I just want to run around this building. I want to run around this building. I feel it, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for putting that in me. So Sister Susie didn't like it. Oh, well. Oh, well. No. So I'm going to um, start with just uh, some of my testimony. And, you know, I don't know even how God will do it. God set me up this morning. 
I thought, wow, God, look what you did before it even got started. I don't even have to do nothing but go up there and say my testimony. That's all I got to (laughs) do. Thank you. Thank you for all the women of God that I'm around. Okay, uh, we don't want to get out of order, so I wrote a poem last night. I want to do it first. Women of power. As Christian women, we long to be servants to the Master through eternity. Destined to win. There's no other choice. Over all the paths that lead to sin. Helping each other. That's major, y'all. Helping each other. Extending a hand. Being faithful to each other. We're daughters of the time. We're women of power. Link your lives together. Link your lives together. Come on, y'all. It doesn't matter where you live, what your past has been, or what others say. Listen to the Master. He is the way. Women of power, stand your ground. Authority has been granted to you. Purpose on the now. Purpose on the now. And God's just given me a peace about this morning. And and, uh, I want you to know that you, you have confidence. You have spiritual authority. You have those things. God hadn't forgotten you. He knew the plans for you before you were born. That is awesome to me. He knew that you would be sitting at Freedom Ministries today. That's awesome. Y'all should be shouting by now. So when I said I just want to be open with you, this will shock some of you. It will. I want it to. I want it to because I'm not that... Or in the past, I have not been that finely um, taken care of lady. Been through some things. I've been through some things just like you. Because the enemy saw the anointing. He wanted to steal the anointing as a child. As a little girl. I heard the Lord speak audibly when I was in the third grade to me. The enemy wanted to steal that anointing. And so, it was, he was after me. He was after me. You know, when the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, we all know that. When I was, oh, I don't know, six years old, there was so much going on in my life. There was abuse, number one. I, little girl. My emotions were all out of whack. There was sexual abuse. There was emotional abuse. There was physical abuse. I would go to school and I thought, I'm so different from those other little girls. I'm not like them. I'm different. Things happen at my house that I have to keep secret, that I can't tell anybody. I can't tell my teacher. I can't tell my Sunday school teacher. We have to be quiet. We have to be quiet about these things. And the Lord gave me this, but God. God saw that little girl. I don't have to go into graphic detail. God saw that little girl. With abuse 
comes a spirit of rejection. And so I grew up with that, you know, thinking, well, you know, I'd want to be in a group or something. You know how you are? I'd want to be in there with the women, with the little girls or with the women. You know, the enemy still tries. He does not. He's never going to win that, that one. But he tried to make me think that I was so different that I would never have any help and I'd have to live like that forever. But when you're doing, when you're, a child is thinking like that, a little girl, but you know what I knew? I knew Jesus. I would go in my bedroom and pray for my parents. And say, Lord, bless my parents. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me in these situations. Well, then, if you've ever been, if, if there's sexual abuse in your life, then all kinds of doors are open. Spirits, honey, they come on you. They come on you. I can recognize the spirit of lust in a New York minute because I've been there. I've done that. So somebody said one day, you're just trying to be critical. No, I'm not. I know how lust operates. And so when I see it, I begin to pray now. I used to just think, oh, they're operating in that old ugly spirit. No, that spirit's pursuing them. The door's been opened in their life. Somewhere, might have not been sexual abuse. Could have been something else. But all of those spirits come on you. And then it takes but God. But God. And what I'm telling you, my God is holy. My God is mighty. My God does impossible things. I don't even ask God for, uh, I don't even ask him for little things anymore. Why ask God for a little bitty thing? Ask him for the huge things, the impossible things, things you can't do. I've got a daughter in Mexico. And people look at me and they kind of laugh and say, Well, she's never coming home. Yes, she's coming home. That's an impossible thing. That baby's coming home. My grandchildren will serve the Lord. Me and my whole household shall serve the Lord. My son-in-laws will serve the Lord. Yes, they're coming home. That's That's impossible for us to get her here. It is not impossible to God. When you have some of the old pastors that would go down and they would get on ships and sail across the sea, and they didn't have any money. They went down there without any money. Somebody walked up to them and gave them money, and they went and ministered overseas. That's the God of the impossible. Yes, and when you see somebody raised from the dead, they're dead. They're raised from the dead. That's the God of the impossible. And that's what he's done in my life. He's done impossible things. Uh, things that people would not, you know, they'd cringe. They'd say, she needs to be in, uh, she probably needed to be somewhere else when she was a child and get major help. And I'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, when I was 18, okay, we're through the abuse. That's all you're going to get. Uh, when I was 18, you know, I thought the thing to do, get married. You get married. You have kids. So we went to Guam. My husband was stationed on Guam. And... Um, I'm a messed up little girl. Messed up little girl. Don't know what love is. 
had my first daughter on Guam. No family, no, no church. But God. But God. That's powerful to me, y'all. But God. I came home, and I wanted to go to college. But I kept remembering that little girl that made straight Fs. Yeah, I'm not exaggerating. I made straight Fs. And uh, I, I want to throw this story in, Pastor Angie, because it's just it will minister to these ladies. I had a, um, a F in science. I didn't want to have an F. It were, there was so much going on at home. I didn't. I had to clean. I had to do things other kids didn't have to do. I mean, I had to do some stuff, and I had to be the the wife. I had to be the mother. I had, you know, all things. Too much. But this science teacher, Richard Ogletree, some of you may know him. He asked me one day if I would wash his chalkboard. Well, that's some. You want me to do something? Oh gosh, I jumped at the chance to wash that man's chalkboard. I was there every afternoon washing his chalkboard. That man took me under his wing. My grades went from an F to a B. That was just because a man saw a hurting little girl. He might have not even known what was going on. I knew I was smart, but the other kids made fun of me because I did make Fs. You know, well, she's just dumb. She's, you know. So when I started to college, after the military, when I started to college, um, there was somebody there to taunt me. Two ladies, two young women were at the post office on campus when I got my first grades. And they said, well, how did you do? You know, how, you know, remembering, how did you do? I was proud of my first report card. It had a B, had a C, had a D. Man, I was proud. I was proud. That was good. But God, I received my master's degree. I received my bachelor's degree. And I graduated with a 3.80. But God, but God, only God can do things like that. So um, when you look at somebody, don't do that. Don't do that. I've seen little girls just suffer, just suffer because somebody's pointing a critical finger at them. Then... um, Uh, a really hard time, a really hard time. I'd been married 22 years. My husband, you know, looked like the good life. My husband was an accountant and an auditor. You know, you you get that proud thing, you know. And uh, had a beautiful new home, cars, money. And an adulterous situation came into our lives. And I would say to my husband, I'd say, don't ride with that little girl, with the people that you work with. 
don't ride with her 30 miles. Because that's what was happening. You know what happens when you do that? You setting yourself up. So what happened? We, we lost our family. We lost a... God's restored me. He, we lost a beautiful, beautiful family. Um, through all of that, y'all, this part I really want you to open your ears to because it's the way the enemy will do. He'll say, well, you don't have any reason to live. You really don't. You've lost your family. You've, uh, you don't have a whole lot. Uh, you just need to go ahead and kill yourself. Let's go ahead and do it. So I knew some people in Pensacola. And I drove down there, but I never made it to the people. I took a bottle of death. That's what I call it. I took a bottle of death. I did not want to live. I was devastated. Devastated. And I was not uh, looking to the Lord during that time, during that, the divorce time. I took that bottle I started, uh, I, I was not able to breathe, of course. You're, you're not able to breathe. And so I called. I knew I was dying. I knew I was dying. And I decided, I don't want to die, Lord. I don't want to die. Don't let me die. Well, you go through the, uh, anyway, the motel em- employee, one of the motel employees called the paramedics, they came and they do all the good stuff like pump your stomach, and, and uh, which is a lovely thing, y'all. If you've ever had that done, you don't ever want to have it done again. And uh, they say things to you like, we're going to put this big old tube down your throat, and they're not lying to you. It's a big old tube. So I went through that, and they said, well, this girl's not normal. So we're going to stick her, call it what you want. I call it a stress center. So I went to a stress center for a month. And what I found out at that stress center was they did everything worldly. They, they gave you all the wrong information. They gave you worldly information. And they drugged you so much you couldn't feel anything. You couldn't feel anything. You just walked around like a zombie. So a, a month of that. But God. But God. God was with me. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He was with me. Hallelujah, y'all. Hallelujah. He saw some, He knew the plans he had for me. It wasn't plans to die from a drug overdose. It was not plans for me to live in a uh, stress center and be zoned out on drugs for the rest of my life. It was a plan. He knew that I'd stand here today. He knew somebody might need it. That There's women out there going through stuff. They, they feel like they can't tell sometimes. God saw that plan. God saw, God saw that plan. Now, I want to backtrack just a minute. But before the divorce, the enemy hated this. My husband and I had 25 to 30 people a week come into our home, and we ministered to them. The enemy hated that. He hated it. That's people were being set free. 
That's why he was after me. He was after him. He was after me to steal that anointing. Y'all, don't let him steal your anointing. You know, of all the places I've ever been, it would be hard to have your anointing stole right here. You've got so many sisters around you, so many people praying. You're covered. You're covered. Keep coming. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep coming. Stand. What is it? Stand. When you've done all, stand. And all the way through this, I could see the big picture. I said, Lord, I'm not going to get to raise my grandchildren. I'm not going to, you know, all of this stuff. God's restored all that. God has stored all that. I came back to Arkansas from the stress center and met a guy named Donald Richard Passio. I love my honey bear. Uh, You know what? It was two broken people. I mean, I'm here to tell you, we were broken. He had spent two tours of duty in Vietnam, and, and he had a flashback every night almost. That's all he could think about. He was violent. He was a violent man. He was abusive, and I was defensive. I'm going to take care of myself, Lord. You know, I'm not going to give this to you. Well, you know I couldn't take care of that myself. I can't do anything without God, nothing. And I'm glad. I'm glad I can do nothing without my father. Um. Don lost his family. You know, just like me, we were both just just broken. Don was raised in an orphanage. So, you know, he didn't have the training of how to be a husband. He didn't even have the training of how to be a daddy. He didn't know how to treat his babies. He didn't. That relationship's being restored now. Relationships being restored right now. So we knew that we had to do something, and we did pray at home. We started attending the upper room in Bastrop, Louisiana, and we started uh, learning how to break strongholds. that were all around us, trying to take us down. But we stayed. We stayed 12 years. And we learned that the battle is not ours. Now, I can get deeper than that, honey. I just don't want to. Uh, The battle is the Lord's. I don't have to defend myself. He don't have to defend himself. He is in the process of being healed, just coming in here. He's been coming over here a little bit and standing. I saw him the other night going, well, he's punching the devil in the nose. That's what he's doing. And um, so we have learned, and I realize that more than salvation, which is great, greatest, that God began to heal hearts. He began to heal hurts, and he began to heal every 
hurt. Now, I'm kind of private. So to expose this is major. It's major to me. But you know what? The devil needs to get a life because people need to hear this. And this is not even half of my testimony. This is just a, a day in my life as a child was a day in hell. So just, just a little bit. But I want you to get a taste because I want you to know. I want you to know that you're no different than those women in the Bible. I, wanna, I do want to do another backtrack. During that time, uh, Donnie and I had been married 20 years, and his, his granddaughter and his first great-grandbaby was killed. It was a car wreck, but it was a homicide. Right after that, Don had a wreck. He had a stroke while he was driving. And the enemy tried to take him out and could not take him out. During that time, he had a vision from the Lord. Now, he doesn't have that all in sequence, but God's going to put it in sequence so that he can... Y'all are going to get to see Don Passio stand, and people are going to be delivered from his testimony. From his testimony. So... you know, I just want to just keep talking. But uh, when he had that accident, uh, debris was all in his mouth. You know, just he couldn't breathe. People were standing watching him choke to death. A truck driver just happened by. Y'all believe that? He just happened by? Mm-hmm. And cleared Don's airway. But God, but God. So I'm standing here today telling you that that man went through 70 days in the hospital. Feeding tubes, ventilators. That was such a a miracle time in our life. God did miracle after miracle. Y'all, we owed everybody in the world. I did not have the checkbook, so things weren't getting paid. I got that checkbook, y'all. I got that checkbook, and when I got that checkbook, we paid off that house. I bought my first car at 59 years old. My first car. A man had always done it for me. Oh, I was proud of that car. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The windows were $5,000 in our house. I paid off that. I paid off the shed. Things just started paying off. And let me tell you something. If you're in any kind of financial dilemma, go to those people. That's what I did. I went to them and I said, hey, can I just pay half of this? Would you just let me pay half of this? You know what? Those people will work with you. Those people will work with you. Debt cancellation, Toyota. We didn't have any car insurance. They canceled that debt. It was $24,000. God canceled that debt. Everybody else was after us, too. I really don't want to get the list going. I mean, everybody was after me. My husband was in a coma. And God brought us through. 
Now, I have to stick this in here, and I'm fixing to close. But we started church at um, the river. Okay, and you know, then the river came here. And then I said, when they left again, I said, I'm not leaving. I am not leaving, Lord. You brought me here. You don't want me running all over Crossed Arkansas. You want me to, me and my family to get somewhere and get planted. And that's what we did. We, we're here and we're planted by the Lord. We're planted by the Lord. We know that. Y'all know that. But um, it, was, it was all the vision and the plans that God had for our lives. And we're no different from you. Uh, I really wanted to talk on the, speak a little bit about the women of God. But um, the old women of God, you know, in the old. But you know what? I see Ruth's. I see Esther's. I see Deborah's. I see Hannah's. I see it all. I really do. I have got a big picture of the women of power. I don't even think some of you know how powerful and how much authority you carry. And if you're a Christian, watch what comes out of that mouth. You speak good things over yourself, over your family, over your church, over pastor, over your leaders, over the people that God's put over you. Don't let anything negative come out of that mouth because it's that powerful and you have the authority now i heard this the other day and i am closing right now (laughs) Uh, i heard billy brim say we're seated in heavenly places that's the first heaven well what's under that is the principalities so you're under they're under you you have the authority you have the authority, ladies. You do. I'm so proud of y'all. I'm so proud to be a part of y'all. And, and we've not seen anything yet. We really have not. When y'all were up there speaking, I thought, you know what? We have not even touched the surface of what God's going to do in this place. Oh, yeah, and I see heads shaking, yes. God's fixing to raise up an army of women army of women okay now my last thing I stand here in the power and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ go forward as women of power Mm -hmm. amen